Welcome to episode two of Goals in Motion. This week we'll be discussing last week's crunch game in the NFL between Kansas City Chiefs and Dallas Cowboys. We're going to be heading down under for our guest who is an athlete from Melbourne itself, Abby Kenny. But first we head to Coach's Corner where we'll discuss what is good football. On that note, we'd like to thank Martin Gray again for letting us use his studio for recording this podcast. Thanks very much. Coach's Corner. Um, I'm going to I'm going to settle a debate, I think, and I'm going to start an argument with Coach Corner this week. The terminology "good football." What is good football? But the debate we're settling first is people keep saying, "What is good football? Good football? Good footballers?" Messi versus Ronaldo. What on earth is the point of, of, of doing it? What is good football? They're both good footballers. Well, for me, it's, it's sort of like a style of play. So, like, it depends what, what players, like you say, Messi yeah. and Ronaldo, best players in the best team with arguably the best managers. Yeah. Arguably. So, sort of good football now is fast-moving. Pass and move, pass and move, high intensity, high press, constantly. Yeah. But some would argue that when that doesn't get results, you could go with a different style of play. Yeah, and that's, it, I've, I've wrote a few notes down in this because I thought I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to be the outcast in the room because my idea of good football isn't, isn't most people are listening and think this, this lad doesn't have a clue what's good, what he's going on about <laughs> here. But my idea of good football is, is what do you want from it? So people keep saying about this Messi versus Ronaldo debate. I mean, we're Newcastle fans. Would why we'd have them both, wouldn't we? Yeah, hundred percent. Not Messi. <laughs> <laughs> but but my bugbear is we were saying it before, weren't we? Um, right in the changing room, lost three nil, guys. Um, but at least we played good football. You didn't know, did you? You lost three nil. It wasn't good football because what's the aim of football? The aim of football is is getting the round thing, in the rectangle thing. Yeah. Does it matter how it goes in there? I think that, like you said, it's all about your style, isn't it? That's it. I think as well as we talk about football because we're football coaches. Mm-hmm. I think there's two things as well as what we're talking about can be related to any Anything. sport. Yeah. So you'll have uh, Tiger Woods versus Mickelson in golf. Yeah. You'll have Nadal versus yeah. Federer. Who's the best player and who's the best? What is good tennis? Everyone has their own different sort of styles. Yeah. Makes everything so like the Ronaldo Messi Ronaldo Messi debate is so objective because the people like them for different reasons, yeah. um, and it's much the same with styles of play. Uh, so my style of play, which which me and Brad like to play with our team, might be different to Nathan's style of play, mm-hmm. which is certainly be different to other coaches' style of play. Yeah. Um, the one thing we can all agree on though is that we're not anti football, no. um, and we do see occasionally teams who decide not to try and play football and try and just foul away through a game or I think that's just hoof it and yeah, get it out exactly and that might suit a certain scenario in the match a certain time in the match where you, you're 2-1 up and it's the last minute and you need to get the ball out then yeah hoof the ball out mm-hmm. but what we want to try and embed in, in the certainly in the people we coach and the people you guys are going to be coaching is how to adapt your particular yeah, exactly. styles of coaching to get the best football out of the things you have I wouldn't take my company car my Astra and go and ask Lewis Hamilton for a race mm in his Formula One car because that's just silly so you've got to use your, your you've got to use your tools to your advantage so what you've got in front of you and your your players you guys have got 
use them to the best of their ability and figure out and that's that's where we sort of come in we want to try and help you sort of yeah. unlock that and think of different ways outside the box which you might never have thought of to unlock the potential in, in the in the children and the in the players you've got at your disposal yeah so you've you've covered what I've, I've put down there playing player suitability right if the player isn't suitable to a 442 why are you playing a 442 like if if people say right Dave, Dave Bassett, England manager, isn't he? Yeah. Obviously, we yeah. can go into him a little bit, not too much, because um, we need to keep it PG. But four four two. If in the modern game, we're talking England, you've got where does Kyle Walker, where where does Kieran Trippier, where where do those players fit in four four two? You know, it, it, we we've got the team I coach for Washington. We don't have a winger. We don't have a winger inside. We don't have a one single winger because we don't play with wingers. Right side, left side? Both. <laughs> I, I can play right wing. I'm 42, I'm 42 years old. I won't do much of a job getting up and down, but I can, I can cross the ball like Beckham. If I, if I can get a game this season, anything's possible. So. But um, yeah, but some people are just so stubborn, aren't they? I've, I've seen it before and we spoke about it before, didn't we? I had a coach a good couple of years ago come to me and go, Nathan, what do you think of this video? I'm going to try it. He was coaching under, under, the under-9s at the time, uh, under-9 girls, uh, and he said, what do you think of this? And he showed me Zinedine Zidane coaching the under-15s <laughs> at Real Madrid. And he said, this is brilliant. He gets up, gets up and play good football and move the ball around well. Our under-9s have been formed four months. I said, do you really think that that's going to be possible? Is, is, are you going to be able to do that? So... I don't know. I think that the, what we're trying to say is rather than being a good football coach, a good tennis coach, it's better to be an adaptable one, isn't it? Yeah. To be able to adapt to every situation. If if we can give everybody different tools to change their style of football. I coach under sevens, under tens. I've got a college team here uh, and I coach Washington in the Northern League. And every different different formations, different styles, different players... So I have to have different ways of doing it. I think, like, to jump in quickly, like, talking about adapting, me and James have tried two or three different formations yeah, this season. Good, isn't it? it's and good. it's yeah. sort of, like, midway through two of the games, it hasn't been working. Yeah. So we changed it, and funnily enough, the second yeah. half yeah. was a lot better. And what, what formation did we go back to, James? 4-4-2. Four, four, so that's, that for our team, that works. Yeah, it does. That, that, that's how we sort of... So the basis of our team, we've got wingers, so we could play, you know, three five two, which we're probably gonna, we're probably gonna look at. At some point in the future, we'll try that. Yeah, again. it's uh, I think it's it's very important when you you at any level is not to put square pegs in round holes. Yeah. Um, because you know as well as I do, as well as Nave does, as well as Brad does. Every coach knows where the strength where you'd like to think you know what your strengths are. If you don't, you're probably in the wrong game. But that's one of the key learning things is watching what your kids are doing, um, making sure that you're, you're utilising the children you've got or the players you've got in the right way. Like, we talked last week about ball mastery and at last night's session, we went back to basics and we did yeah. some 10-yard passing. Cross the floor, pass to each other, control it, pass back because we based that on the learnings we got from the previous match. Uh-huh. So, bringing that into, into styles of playing stuff, it means we've got players who can run. Everyone's got players who can run fast and get their head down. But, if you want to get up the pitch, you can do it by passing the ball around. So we didn't focus on that sort of thing. Mm. Things like, say, a triangle of three girls, one in the middle, pressing the ball, the other three passing the ball around that triangle and playing keep ball. 
that's a really valuable exercise because they learn how to pass the ball under pressure. The person chasing down learns how to chase mm-hmm. the ball down, and that's a really easy drill you can create yourselves with four kids, four people. Yeah, I think I think it's important that in everything we do in any sport, we give them tools to problem solve. Yeah. So if we say right, play. This is how it. So, you see it so many times, and and once you've sussed out the style of play, it's easy. So we played my under tens played at the weekend, and once once they sussed out that our girls were very new to football, and when the ball was in the air, they didn't know how to do, deal with it, and they struck it. We, they got in behind us again and again and again. So we need to. I needed my job to give them the tools to be able to realize that without me shouting it, because at the end of the day, you want to make them an all rounded player without you being there don't you ideally for us at grassroots level where we're at we don't want to hold on to our players we want them to be the best they can be and move them on where we can yeah and i think people just look for that all-round player but the 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 main thing is is not overplaying so you'll see arsenal tried at the start of the season didn't they his downfall michael arteta and he's totally changed his style of play which is good shows a good manager shows someone who's learned under um, learnt under the best people say I don't think so in Pep but each to their own but it shows that he's going to adapt and he's going to do different things but he tried to overplay didn't he now Kasper Schmeichel it's funny I was reading um, reading in a, in a newspaper and Kasper Schmeichel did an interview um, and they were, they were accusing the Danish team of being boring they were accusing <laughs> the fact that they were scoring a lot of flick on goals and scoring and Kasper Schmeichel said well think about this why take five passes to do something you could have done in one? Yeah. That's good football, isn't it? That's clever. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's clever. Because they play at the strengths. Kasper Schmeichel is a very good distributor of the yes, ball. Great. He, he, he can stick the ball on a sixpence from his own box in the, in the, other, in the yeah. opposition half. So if you've got that ability, if you've basically, like Edison, if you've basically got a good player in goal who yeah, can pass sweet. the ball, yeah. then you're halfway there with, with, the, with solving your problems. Because um, it gives you two things. It gives you a good ball playing person at the back in defence but it also means that you've got that ability to have have, have a, a quarterback basically you've got a, a person mm. at the back of your team who can actually play play you in behind and play a good ball like a midfielder yeah um it it does two things it's multi purpose but you've got to you've got to find these these diamonds out in your team and we we've got a we've got an ethos at our our club is that we don't take players some of the clubs we make players yeah. so we, we coach from scratch we make players like our own basically we, we teach them we our ways to, yeah and we try to teach them everything we possibly can about the game so I think to define what good football is well I'd say we say a definition my definition of, of good football is is good decisions good football it's players who in that whole team have made good decisions are on the right wavelength and are playing to each other's strengths. That's what I'd say good football is. Now, that might be keeping the ball. A, a bugbear is teams 8 nil up. The manager says, right, you have to have 10 passes before you can shoot. But how's that's not real, is it? Mm-hmm. Imagine saying that to Alan Shearer. Yep. Right, ball to, ball to you, Al. But Al, you have to ping it back to Olivia Bernard at left-back, gives it to Shea Given. Shea, I'd like you to pass it out to Stephen Carr and let's start again. Well, no, Alan Shearer's going to go... Not a chance. I want to turn and shoot. So it's it's making those good decisions and, and breeding that into our players. What would you say good football is? I completely agree. Mm. Um, it's again using the tools you've got at your disposal in the best possible way. Not trying to make every player a Messi or a Ronaldo yeah. or an Alan Shearer because they're not all that. Um, you've got to have it in in such a way that you 
you create those players yeah. and, and you get them playing in the way that you know they can do and that you want them to and finding that absolute equilibrium between that and making sure that they can play in that way. So yeah, I agree as well. It's sort of like when you're talking about decision making, I think you could also look at like winning your duels individually. Individual so if you win individual battles, your individual duels, you're most likely going to win as a team. Yeah. Whether, you, whether you're going to play like attacking, yeah. attacking football or sort of a little bit more defensively. Uh-huh. But like, like we've all said, like you've got to play at your strengths. There's no yeah. point in you trying to play like Man City if you've got players like Stoke City. Yeah. Like that's not going to happen. No offence to Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> anyone from Stoke, we apologise for your poor football. But it is terrible. <laughs> Nobody wants to go there on the shoes tonight. <laughs> so like, so if, if, that's, if that's what good football is, then we're all for it because I think it's important to play play the right way, but don't sort of go down the avenue of playing a way that you're not comfortable with your yeah. style. But I think it's it's each their own, of course, and no one's opinion's wrong. No. Yeah, but it's sort of you've got to believe yeah. you've got to believe in what you're doing attacking. Football. I just think that good. Each to their own, yeah, and you're going to lose games if you play against good sides. But please. My massive advice to people listening: Don't say you played good football if you lost three nil, because I'm going to break yeah. it to you. You didn't. You really, really didn't. Uh, on that, hit us up at Facebook on our uh, on our page. Nathan, what's our Facebook page called? <laughs> <laughs> I remembered it this time. But it's our names. You see, and I can't remember which order they're in. So try at Brad James Nathan goals in motion. If not, go at Nathan Brad James. If not, go at James Brad Nathan. If none of those. Good luck. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> no, but go go to our Facebook pages and have a little look on there and, and leave us some leave us some information on there. Tell us about your experiences. Yeah. Tell us about your stories and, and you know we'll, we'll set up a post on there. Yes. Yeah, so um, what is good football? Yeah, and basically get, drop your comments in there. Let us know what you think. Um, we're really interested. Of Messi v Ronaldo, and underneath just a big cross because Alan Shearer is actually better than them both. Completely agreed. Completely agree. Right now we're going to head down under and uh, go and speak to our athlete Abby Kenny. In motion! This week we're joined by Abby Kenny. Um, she is a distant runner from Australia. Uh, she runs in Melbourne and I believe has run for the state of Victoria. Is that right, Abby? And welcome. Yeah, it is right. I have. Oh, thank you for having me. No, absolutely fine. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, so, a bit about Abby's one of my uh, relatives who lives in Australia now with her, uh, with her family, which is my cousin. Um, Great, great sort of sporting attributes to her name. Um, we're going to jump right, so a bit tongue-in-cheek, the first question is, when did you realise you could run? Um, oh, bit of a weird question. I actually used to do swimming, so I started off as a swimmer and then kind of just got a bit sick of all the early mornings and stuff and realised, oh, what's the, what's the closest thing? What's that longer sort of stuff that you can do? And I think it was kind of like towards the end of primary school when I was a bit like, oh, you know, it would always do the cross countries at school and was very interested in them. So I kind of just, you know, took it by, took it in the wings one day and was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to quit swimming, start <laughs> running. It's the next best thing. So, and then it all happened from there. So, yeah. It's a bit drier as well when you're running, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually funny you mentioned cross country. We're, we're hearing cross country a lot of with our football training at the minute because all of the girls in their curriculum is cross country at this point of year. So literally all of our players are coming to our training tired or they're not coming because they're tired because they're all doing cross country. It's like, oh, I feel really sorry for them. But 
it's all a, it's all good exercise. Um, yeah. But then, uh, so I'll let Brad move on to question two. Yeah. So, how do you balance uh, your running with like your social life and things like that? Yeah. Um, so, I found it pretty easy to be honest. So, I was just going with the flow. I was in a um, group environment with my training where our coaches didn't want to push us too much from a young age. So they were very happy for us to, you know, go out, enjoy life, still have a very big social life, still focus on study and all of those sorts of things. So they didn't want to put too much pressure on us from a young age, which was really, really good. And I think that's a great thing to do when you're wanting to stay in the sport for a long time as well, so that you don't get sick of it, I guess, and don't end up quitting. But yeah, so it was really good that I had a good support crew around me to be able to, you know, do all the social things that I wanted to do and didn't have too much pressure on all that sort of stuff from a young age obviously when you get a bit older it gets a bit more um gets a bit more intense with those sorts of things so I guess now it's just being able to balance making sure that I'm at training every morning and all those sorts of things and making sure that you know you're getting the right sleep and all those sorts of things as well which is you know easy done when you're in the mindset for it so (laughs) I think that's really interesting because like over here with like football especially it's it's different where sort of yeah. like the coaches try and be really strict when you sort of get to that academy type of of level. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah. and it's sort of like, right, you can't do this, you can't do that. And it's really interesting that you say that it's sort of different and it and it sounds like it work, works a treat, to be fair. Yeah, for sure. So I think obviously it's very different um, with what group you're with and stuff over here as well. And I know that over in America, they have a much more intense program as well, but I've been really lucky and I'm really grateful for the coaches that I've had in the past that have been very less like, low pressure with that sort of stuff. They yeah. definitely wanted us to prioritise things and not make running all, like our whole life running as well. So I think that's been really good for, you know, the longevity of staying in the sport and stuff as well. No, it's, it's really interesting. Like, with your training as well, it's good, good, good sort of segue there. With your training, uh, what sort of part is technology playing in that now? So in training and events, what sort of... Um, part is that playing now like with your, with your training what do you use basically with your technology wise yeah for sure well obviously um all the watches and stuff now are crazy so you've got your garmin watch to tell you everything it tells you what your heart rate is what zone you need to stay in gives you a race predictor of times that you're going to run it gives you pretty much everything you can tell your splits and all that so that's one thing that i rely on very heavily in all all of my runs no matter whether it's just a recovery day or even a training session um and then obviously there's other stuff for some of the more elite guys as well where they've got cars that can make pacemakers for them through marathons and stuff like that oh, wow. which is um, so yeah technology is definitely getting up there with running i think it's a bit slower than other sports because if you like running's running you need to just go get out there and run there's not too much yeah. more to it definitely obviously evolving and getting up there as well especially with the whole injury side of it as well there's definitely a lot of technology that can help you with that and your running gait and all of that sort of stuff that they can do analysis on so oh, yeah good like you say it's, it's, it's stuff that you, you you only sort of hear about isn't it it's good to actually hear it straight from the horse's mouth if you like just to, to sort of learn more about it because you know our listeners are going to be going to listen to this and thinking i did not not know anything about this um and the yeah. the, the, the length because like, it like you'd said before people just see running as running oh it's just a hobby kind of thing oh i'm just going for a jog it's like it's yeah. not. It's a lot more than that. It's like it's a lot more. If you take it serious like you do, and like a lot of people do in, in athletics, it's a lot more. Um, but interesting to say that it's it's different training wise than getting up really early to go swimming. So you've uh, you're different yeah. like levels of training you've got. Um, so 
Uh, Brad's taking the next two, so I'll leave you with the, with the, Brad for those two. <laughs> yeah. So, in the in the sense of like food before an an event or before training, what what type of food would like fuel you before before you go running? Yeah. Awesome. So before an event, I kind of try to plan it twenty four hours before. So the night before, I try and have a big carb loaded meal, so something with like pasta or you know something really starchy like that. Um, and then on the day, depending whether the race is in the morning or at night, I try and plan it out so that I've had, obviously, for tonight, try and have three big meals before I actually run. So I'm very well fueled, make sure I'm hydrated properly, have as much water as I can and everything. And then I probably have a banana or some lollies or something quite high in sugar um, about an hour before I'd race as well. So just to get that all up there as well. <laughs> <Like> that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great, to be fair. Uh, with mine and James's football team, the girls the girls are a lot younger, but there's quite a few yeah. of them who just don't eat anything, and it, and it, and it's and it's crazy. And you try and say, "Come on, have some porridge or a banana or yeah. or something like that," and they just they just don't. Do they, James? No. Like, but there's one girl who brings biscuits. <laughs> She'll certainly eat biscuits on the yeah. sideline. <laughs> which which no. which is it's crazy. Um, and yeah. so um, yeah. so moving on moving on from that, like what in the sense of the weather. Does different does a different weather sort of change your preparations in your planning for your running? Um, not so much, really. Obviously, if it was hot, if you had a race coming up and you knew it was hot, you might try and do some stuff to help you, you know, prepare for the heat a bit better. So you might get some cold face washes, face washes and stuff, and bring those to the race with you. Try and keep yourself cool. Um, and then obviously the opposite. If it was cold, you try and heat yourself up before the race. Try and keep in a hoodie or whatever it is yeah. until ten minutes race try and make sure that you're not getting too hot or too cold before a race as well um but we're pretty lucky with our sport i don't think much weather really cools it off so there's not too much to worry about there's not a ball that we need to be worrying about getting slippery or not slippery or anything like that so we pretty much run through everything apart from a thunderstorm so yeah happy days you are you, you Aussies put off for thunderstorms? <laughs> you Aussies turn off, turn, don't do sport in thunderstorms. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. I thought it'd be a bit more extreme. Like add a little bit to the event if uh, in Australia. The way, the way, like I listen to uh, Jason Lauren like pretty much every day, and the, yeah. they're so laid back and thinking. You all are like when when you you come across with <laughs> passes, all so relaxed and laid back. Um, yeah. it's brilliant. It really is. It. Now, Abby, what? Obviously, you're 20 years old, so after juniors, what lies ahead? What sort of cost does it take to, in inverted commas, make it? So if you you were to be uh, the next Cathy Freeman and, and go to the Olympics and win gold for Australia, because I know all sport in Australia is massive, and I know that even yeah. athletics, there's huge, huge gatherings. Like, in, like we would have over here for a, for a football match in the World Cup, in Australia, yeah. guy, guys and girls go to the pub to sit and watch... The Olympics because it's such a big thing in Australia. So yeah, to after now you're out of juniors. What what what's your next steps? I guess is is what was in what 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 does it take to make it? Yeah, of course. So um, I think athletics is a little bit different than everywhere else. There's not exactly a clear pathway. It's not like you go into an academy and then get brought out the other side of that or anything. So obviously there's a lot of people take the college option in America. So America definitely have a a lot better racing system than Australia does in terms of bringing athletes out the other side with a lot of race experience. So a lot of people my age consider doing that, which is great and great fun. So a lot of people do it that way. Otherwise, staying in Australia, there's a lot of opportunities here as well. So it's really just about 
you know, training hard. Once you get out of those junior years, that's when you do need to start being a bit more intense with your training and intense with your social life and that's those sorts of things and start really dialing down on those one percenters as well with stuff like food, gym work, all of that sort of stuff and yeah, then see where it goes from there. Um, just with racing and stuff, yeah. Happy days. Brilliant. It's, it's, I've, I've, I don't I will agree and Nathan who's not sadly will agree that I've learnt loads from just the last 10 minutes about athletics and about running which you just don't it, like you just see you turn on the telly and you see somebody running a distance race or you see somebody running a race and you think oh look they've, just, they've obviously just done a bit of training they've gone yeah, for yeah. a few runs and stuff but yeah. there's actually loads more to it which is really insightful yeah for sure yeah there definitely is there's a lot to it brilliant Right, well, I will. Uh, I know you just finished work and you're probably keen to get home and go and carb loads and <laughs> eat loads yeah. of food. <laughs> um, so what we'll do, we'll wrap up there, Abby. Um, thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Anytime. Thank you. And good, and good luck in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you guys. Bye. Pick this week's Pick of the Week, as we said at the start, we're going to be looking at the crunch game in the NFL between Kansas City Chiefs and Dallas Cowboys. We're going to hand over our resident expert, Brad, here because I know very little about it, which means considerably more of a Nathan who knows even less. Brad. So the Cowboys versus Chiefs. The Cowboys, before the game, were 7-2, and two, which means seven wins and two losses. The Chiefs were 6-4, six, six wins, four losses. Perfect. Nathan, you know that. I didn't have a clue what you meant. <laughs> I, I, I left it till this point to... To when Brad was like, do you think I should say these numbers? And I'm going, yeah, yeah. I actually didn't know what they meant. <laughs> so, I thought that was the score. I thought he was doing Sudoku. <laughs> so, to start the game, Kansas City received the ball first, uh, which means the Dallas Cowboys kicked to them and then received possession of the ball. The, the battle was a battle of the defences and it was going to be, it was quite early on, early doors, that it was going to be who had the better defence on, on the day. Kansas City um, have two, two wide players called Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, was trying to get them in early doors. This is this guy. Right, <laughs> I'm jumping in here. Right, so, the quarterback. <laughs> Did you like that? <laughs> Why are you jumping? <laughs> Not the swimming pool, I can't swim. So... <laughs> The guy who runs or throws, is that the quarterback or does he just throw? So, mm. the quarterback can do both of them things. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah, so mainly a quarterback's job is to get, get the first down, which means... Oh, oh. <laughs> key vocabulary, first down. First down. <laughs> I picked this up. You're so, learning. So basically, <laughs> I know it might sound a bit daft, but we've... We're wanting to educate people on the NFL, didn't we? So I think they used, to, I think these two decided to stitch me up with this one <laughs> and use me as the village idiot. <laughs> I play that role very well. So what we're trying to do is like educate people on the NFL, aren't we? Because twenty percent of our country know about it, don't they? And the other eight yeah. percent don't want to know about it. I was in the eight percent. Now it's seventy nine percent because there's one percent of me thinks. I want to learn about this. So the whole point of it is that, and I think what we'll we'll do now is pick apart what's transferable in it, isn't it? And how? Yeah. So Brad, Brad, you you could you talk to the rest of what happened on the night, and then we can sort of because I watched the game as well. Uh, Nathan didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he has done his research. Bless um, him. He has done some research. 
But I, I, I'm a, a, a sort of a, a, an NFL amateur, if you like. I, I dabble in it a little bit and watch a little bit here and there. But Brad is, like you say, the expert. So Brad will follow, follow on and take us through the rest of the, the sort of highlights of the game and then we, we can pick that apart and uh, I'll let you know my thoughts. And Nathan's got his notes. Hmm. I mean, I've done the majority of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, to, to continue with the game. So the first, the first possession was very, very heavy from the quarterback, Mahomes to Kelsey. There was a lot of a lot of passes, first down situations, as Nathan was saying. Okay. You have to get ten yards, so your first down is your first opportunity. Yeah, right. That's to a pinch, first down to pinch yards. To, yeah, to, so you need yeah, ten, ten. You need ten yards over. You've got four opportunities to get ten yards. Four um, downs. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Yeah. And do that. <laughs> so we're there. We tick that box. <laughs> so there was a, there was a few possessions, um, and it went back to Kansas City. With five, five minutes gone in the first quarter, Kelsey got it with about 12, 12 yards, 12 yards to go, and he went into the end zone. Touchdown. 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 <laughs> but he, he rushed it, though. He rushed the yeah. two, which means so he basically a... got the ball, he's run with the ball, he's crossed the line, he hasn't taken a, a long pass from the quarterback, and like, they haven't done a special play, he's just got the ball, he's run across the Later. line, and it's scared. It really, the really bizarre thing about American football is, uh, is kids, that when you get across the line with the ball... As long as the ball's over the line, it's pretty much a score. You don't have to put it on yeah, the floor yeah. or anything. So what you're telling me is, touchdown doesn't need to be touchdown. Yeah, pretty standard American. You stood up, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, pretty much standard American <laughs> behaviour when it comes to it. Not touchdown. <laughs> so, touchdown. So that's, that's, that's 6-0. So you get six points for a touchdown. Brilliant. Look. Um, points. How on earth do you get them? So <laughs> six points for a touchdown, Nathan. Brilliant. Then you get... When the ball's not touchdown though. No, it's not touchdown, you stood up. Six points time. for a stand-up. Yeah. yeah. Six points for a stand-up. Let's call it a stand-up, yeah. yeah. And then you get the, you've got the chance to get either an additional point or two. Oh. So your additional additional point is, is a kick. So it's like a field goal. And yeah? there was a guy with his finger on top of the ball. So that's yeah. that's some that's He's someone brave. that's someone who obviously gets Hasn't snapped got all to the this. Yeah. <laughs> a, full, a full sandwich shot of a <laughs> So it gets snapped to them, and he literally puts his finger on, and if... So it's snap, snap, you get, does that mean you get thrown the ball, Yeah, so, you, so a snap is when you get thrown the ball, and then someone <laughs> catches it, hopefully doesn't get the finger broken, <laughs> and if it goes through, it's a point, then it'd be 7-0, if it's missed, it's 6, but you've also got the opportunity to get a two-point conversion, but that goes back to first and goal, which is in the last 10 yards of the pitch, if you're attacking... And obviously, if you get it, it's two points. If you don't, none. Yeah, so maybe one try. If like, if if let's let's quantify that into, into what we do as I it's kind of a, the two point is a big risk. So you might use that in two different ways. You might need to get the two extra points yeah, to yeah. tie the game. You might want to distance yourself from the opposition and uh-huh. make it a two score game where they have to score twice to get get ahead of you, basically. So there could be. Two point, one point in it. That yep. two points gets it. A bit like gets Johnny, Johnny Wilkinson, two thousand and three World Cup. Absolutely, yeah. we needed that drop goal that put us those two big the, the, risk yeah. and reward. Yeah. It's yeah. All, risk and reward. So you can use it in two different ways. Like we do in many different sports, there's there's, there's choices you make in everything you do in a game or in a match or, or practice scenario, which which is dependent on it. Again, what makes good football, isn't it? It's we we discussed we've done it. That bit. We, we've discussed it. <laughs> yeah. We just discussed it at the start of this podcast. And we, we're just talking about a different football now that's oddly shaped. <laughs> so yeah, so as we say, Kansas took an early lead, and 
the sort of their domination in the first quarter continued. They stopped Dallas from getting any points, no field goals, no touchdowns, and they went up the other end of the pitch and got into field goal range. And from a field goal, Nathan, it's three points. Oh. Yeah? So, so three one, a two, a three, or a six? Yes. So, I'm starting to think somebody had a dice in the hands <laughs> when they made up this rule. I think they got the four and the five. The brain's a joke. So you get so you get three points for that. So that so they went nine nine. And, I noticed the nine goals. nil. Yeah, I yeah. Early goals. The points were. I was watching it, but obviously, watching it with with not much intelligence in anything in general. <laughs> um, but saw these score lines just bouncing all over the place. And, being a, a football person, soccer, sorry, um, <laughs> it was so hard to relate to just nothing but just the scores going up in points. Yeah. You know, it, it, it sort of brings you on to like the tennis debate of like, who's... Who made that who up? Who made that up? Honestly. 15, 30, oh, so we're going to call it points. Oh, no, right, we'll okay. call it love. Yeah. So 30, so obviously <laughs> it's 45. No, no, it's 40. Then we're going to have some juice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit... It was, I, I honestly didn't know the points until right now. Didn't know any points. And that's what we're here for. It's a learning experience. <laughs> we so, are in the learning <laughs> So yeah, so... The dominance continued until Dallas got the ball back. And fortunately, they got between 20 and 30 yards and they thought, we'll go for a field goal. They got it. So it was 9-3. There you that. go. See, I did see that. Yeah, 9-3. So Nathan saw that because he did his research. <laughs> and... I stayed up with my eyes were very dreary. I watched it live and I was up till half past midnight. It started at 20 past nine. That's the only thing with NFL is a little bit yeah, time-consuming. It is. I, wouldn't, I would love to go to a game because I've seen the, the evidence of the games where they stood in the car park before and after the massive barbecues yeah, and drink-like. Tailgate. Wow. Yeah. And I've got Ford Ranger, so we should take this oh, yeah. podcast. Like, oh, <laughs> already half American. Because yeah. <laughs> it I does, it reminds me, I can remember watching, I think it was Brad a couple of years ago, who said, watch this game, you'll love it. And I text him saying, you were a terrible friend. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just wasted two hours of my life. But it reminds me of watching my brother play cricket. Two hours? You only watched the first half. <laughs> but, but I can remember watching my brother play cricket once. Uh, and that's so long as well, isn't it? Why do they keep making these sports go on for so long? <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's one of them where, like, just briefly, like, when I started watching it, I was sort of the same as, mm. like, what you're saying. You have like, to get invested, it take, There's an hour game, but it takes three and a half, four hours. What's that? Like, what is that about? Do you have the time? Especially, like James was saying, like, when you've got... I've got, got an f- idea why it takes so long, <laughs> right? I'll put it here. Pitching area. So I'm a PE teacher by trade. And I tell my kids, like, stay in the area, stay in the area. These blokes get running out of this area. Why? <laughs> what happens, right? Bit of, bit, of, bit of a question for you. What happens every time the ball goes out of play? So they run off the, run off the field. You're gaining, you're gaining, I don't know. <laughs> At least you try. So the, the clock stops. That's ah, why the game's right. so long. So if, you, so if you get tackled and you're sort of like, you know, it's your second goal trying to get 10 yards, yeah. the clock keeps going. Ah, so you've still got another... Yeah, so, so the clock keeps going, but then you've still got two tries. Yeah. But then if you run out of play or you get tackled out of play, clock, clock stops. stops. Ah. So that, that, that's then that, that brings up why you see uh, the, the quarterback, the throwy guy, who... Basically, we'll chuck the ball out of play intentionally to kill the clock. Mm-hmm. So they'll throw oh, it, okay. but then they can get penalised for that because it's called intentional grounding. I oh, learned wow. that as well. 
So I know my terminology. Something I used to get when I was 14 year old when I didn't want to go to a party. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I've, I've, a couple of bits I picked out of the, out of the first half. I, the, the, main, the main sort of star player for Kansas, other than the quarterback, Tyreek Hill, he's one of the receivers who catches the ball off the quarterback. Basically got snaffled up by the defence. They were putting two people on him. They just killed everything, which is why, as Brad said before, Kelsey got the got the, the rushing t- touchdown because everyone was focusing on the receiver. Mm-hmm. So they put all of their eggs in one basket and they thought, ha-ha, we know what you're doing. We'll just use this guy in the scores yeah. pretty quickly. Um, defences were massively on top. And again, you can use that in any sport and analogy. You know, if your defence defends well, you're going to do all right. And both defences were very, very aggressive in their plans and, and executed them really well, which is why it was such a low-scoring half and, and game. You know, that, that, that's a really, really good point, James. Like, it, it got to half-time and the score was 16-3. Like, and I think... Is that you, lo- so is that low? For, for sort of a game where it's two, two teams who sort of... Yeah, they were neck-and-neck. Neck yeah, who were going to be expected to go into the playoffs. Right. We'll, we'll go... We'll, we'll, we'll use... <laughs> We'll do another episode on that. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody saw my face drop then. But what? <laughs> so basically, last eight of the FA Cup. We'll, we'll just, we'll right, just, give yeah. you, we'll give just you keep that, making yeah. it relatable. So, so, so we'll go to that. And then it's sort of like the second half goes and, and Kansas get a field goal and it goes to 19-6. And you sort of think the defence is doing really well. Yeah. So you can't... Can you really see... Can you really see them going, getting back into it? Dallas... If you if you watched it live like James did, yep. sort of, I, I watched the first half, and it's sort of like hang on, you didn't watch it all. Like a commitment. <laughs> <laughs> you winding me up? I felt guilty for at least three seconds. There's a reason, but it's all right. It's all right. I've watched it the whole entirety since, and it's sort of when you, when you look at it like that. Nineteen six. Can you you know it's and nah. then and then and then Dallas come back come back into it, but only by a field goal. So it's nineteen. Nine. Yes, ninety nine. Nathan Weldon, and and you sort of look at it and you think, there's there's fifteen minutes to go. Are they really going to test Kansas City? And and the answer answer was no, wasn't it, James? Yep, sadly. Um, it's it actually I wrote on my notes red zone, and I forgot why I wrote that on Sunday night. I wrote that down, and I've completely forgotten why I did that. I've like just why. remembered now. <laughs> uh, so basically, I watched. There's a thing called red zone on Sky, which basically it's like around the grounds, but constant. Where it takes you to each significant play in a match. Okay. Um, the amount of mistakes the quarterbacks were making, they were getting tackled, they were missing passes, uh, the kickers were missing missing field goal attempts. And I think in the first half of the six o'clock kickoffs, there was five field goals which hit the post, which is pretty unusual. Marginal. Literally, that person's only job in that team is to walk on the pitch kick it through the posts. Mm. They don't get tackled, they don't get hit, they don't get chased after, yeah. they don't get attacked. They literally have to kick the ball through the post. That is their job. So for, for five that missed in the first half of the six o'clock kickoff, so there was six, seven games, it's just ridiculous. But in the second half of the Kansas City game, um, the quarterbacks were faltering, they were, they were throwing interceptions where they were throwing the ball and the other team was catching them and taking possession of the ball. Um, so it, it turned into a bit of a, a, a well-contested, sloppy game, if that makes any sense at all. It certainly does, James. But did somebody play good football and win? <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Did the Dallas guys say, look, at least we played good football, yeah. guys. <laughs> we, we ran across that line well and we caught the ball. <laughs> I didn't know he was Turkish. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of them where, where you sort of look at it, where, where what James was saying and... 
overall, if you've got one job to do, you've done that job really poorly if you missed. Yeah. If you get four attempts, say, in one half, which is unusual, but it's, it's not unheard of, and, and you're missing, like, you're not doing your job. And that, that's why kickers and sort of punters get released as often as they do because if you're not if you're not doing your job next person the brutal yeah and it, and and that sort of does that bring you on to the squad size because oh yeah competition <coughs> for places then yeah. must be absolutely huge there's seven seven hundred and fifty people in an NFL squad I I, <laughs> I gleaned from the other night watching that there were so many people on the yeah. touchline it reminded me of like nineteen forties FA Cup matches with just the fans around the yeah. pitch. I thought that was the fans. So the, that was the management team. So to be fair, James isn't far off, and Nathan isn't far off either. So, the, so I got a B. So, the, <laughs> so there's there's between fifty and sixty players in an NFL team, average, and only eleven players, believe it or not, are on the pitch for each team at one time. Never. I do believe that because I watched it. That's a, well, well, I appreciate, I appreciate your research. I, do you know what? <laughs> I, I do quiz a lot, and I would have never got that right until now. Eleven. So, as Brad said before we started recording this, we learn something new every day. In my case, I generally learn two or three things new every day. Um, mine's five or six, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, mine's been at least 15 in the last 16 minutes. <laughs> but yeah, that, that brings us to an end. If you've got any questions or any, any sort of follow-ups on this, please hit us up at our Facebook page, uh, which is Goals in Motion. You can find it under that on Facebook. If yeah. you can't find it there, head to Darton FC Locomotives uh, page on Facebook and you will surely find a link to it on that as well. Uh, we'd like to close off again by thanking at Jensen underscore day for his music during this podcast uh, album release soon keep an eye out for that on Apple Music and please follow up on his socials sounded good didn't it and uh, we we listened to the yeah so our podcast got four players and three of them were us <laughs> <laughs> to be fair we were quite taken aback by how many it was actually yeah. wasn't it yeah, yeah so it, if it you, sounded good really if, impressed if you're here for part two thank you very much for listening to part one and wanting to come back for part two um, there will be future episodes obviously every fortnight um, but yeah please keep on supporting head to Facebook give us a like and a follow and tell your friends thanks thank you very for, much thank you for listening thank you very much thanks and see you next time